0: And we're back with more of the Pope on Film. Hi. Hi. Before we get started, yes. I just wanted to mention that to try to make this movie more bearable because the weekly thing the weekly movie has become a thing in our house we we kind of do dinner and a movie with it on saturday night to try yeah. to help make this bearable Jeannie and i were trying to recast this movie as if it was an 80s made for tv movie That's a great idea i would just like you and anybody listening to keep that in mind as we go forward
1: Okay. So I started this uh, segment by saying, hi, that was both a greeting and an explanation as to how I'm feeling right now. Oh, so good. Uh, this episode, this this discussion, this week's discussion of
0: will be exciting. Yes. Yes, it will.
1: Uh, OK, Um so Oh, yes. Act three, Bunny!
0: (coughs) Act three! This is where you say something. What? Thank you. Yeah, Um, we we got a little glitchy there for a moment. Oh, I didn't uh, Okay, I didn't know that.
1: Yes, Bunny, my friend, it is time once again to country line dance our way into the third and final act of the podcast. And it is said third act wherein we finally and eventually get around to discussing our lowly extra strength and dolphin safe movie of the week and this week we continue, continue our summer long deep dive into imdb's list of the 100 worst films of all time with a look at the year 2000 film dungeons and dragons number 86 on the list of the 100 time and uh, this is the explain what we're doing um i don't have this part written down which i i i wish i would in retrospect because i am pretty high right now but uh the every summer we do themed uh yes. summers and we've done the summer of star wars the summer of saw i i am postponing <coughs> the summer of fast, and I do not want to have to see any of those movies.
0: No, yeah. We 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 can put it off like the Great Cleveland Balloon Explosion or whatever it was. Yeah, the Shap That we, Never Came. Yeah. But, uh... Oh,
1: this popcorn's really good. But... Uh, Yes, so this this so this so summer we're doing the summer of bottoming and yes. focusing on movies from IMDb's list of the bottom 100 movies, and this week it's number 86, Dungeons and Dragons. Before we discuss the film, I found on Archive.org a screenshot of CNN.com from... From December 7th of the year 2000, once the movie came out, CNN released a review, and I just wanted to read it. The headline says, says Dungeons and Dragons, Dumb and Dreadful. <laughs> oh, and man. I agree. I, never got the I, I, I read the entire review, and I agree with all of it. It's poorly executed. You feel like you're watching the world's most expensive script run through. The cast members wouldn't look out of place in a random Burger King commercial. Um... Uh, Marlon Wayans is annoying. The star doesn't have any star power. It's one of the worst movies of the year. Um... The airborne battle at the end is memorable, but the rest of the film looks like clips from *Crawl*. <laughs> I particularly like that part of the review, but I have a really hard,
0: hard time
1: with how the view begins. read to you the beginning of this review written by Paul Tatara in the year 2000. It goes like this. Dungeons and Dragons, a film which is based on a teenage role-playing game that used to be all the rage. What the fuck? Would you consider Dungeons and Dragons a teenage role-playing game? That's a bunch of bullshit right there, is what that is. What, What would you call it? role-playing game. I wouldn't call it a teenage role-playing yeah. game. It's yeah. the only teenagers are playing Dungeons & Dragons.
0: Yeah, I, I don't really see the need for the, the, the age stamp.
1: Yeah. And then it says, dare say, I've never been a Dungeons & Dragons playing guy, but I don't think it's ever gone out of favor.
0: No. Not really. So... A lot of people were playing Dungeons & Dragons over Zoom during the pandemic. Yeah. Dungeons & Dragons had a bit of a a renaissance. I I noticed a lot of other podcasters did it. Yeah, so CNN
1: just fuck off. Also, I was thinking, Bunny, because you asked me about my pronouns, and I was thinking um, when Ed Wood dressed in drag, Uh, Ed Wood went by the name Shirley and I was thinking, hey now that I'm dressing in drag maybe I could have a new name and that got me thinking about this week's movie because it was directed by a Canadian man named Courtney Solomon okay it's gotta be difficult growing up as a man with the name Courtney yeah that's got to be difficult. I'm assuming that the kids in the playground in the A, a- 70s, and were nice to... A lot of names don't have genders, so even though I'm dressed in a dress, I don't necessarily have to have a woman's name. That's when I figured out my name. Okay. For when I'm dressed in drag, the only name I want to go by and I'm gonna address my new drag name, Darius Emmanuel Grouch the Third, aka The Rumble
0: That's kind the of greatest a movie of
1: 2020
0: Money Plane. I I I I was sort of hoping for like maybe Beth. I don't nope. know. You know, I...
1: I was trying to think of how it's I a, feel. It's, when... a, it's a
0: good name, okay? Don't get me wrong. It's a good Thank name. It's, I'm just saying it's, it's a little wordy.
1: I was trying to think about how I feel when I'm in a dress, and let me tell you, when I am in a dress, I don't give a fuck who's on that plane. I'm the baddest motherfucker <laughs> on the planet. I am Darius Frout's third the Rumble, and I am taking down the money plane. Now bring me my money!
0: Okay. I hope to god they make a sequel to yes. Money Plays. Do we have to say the whole thing each time?
1: Darius Emanuel Grouse the Third, aka The Rumble? Absolutely. <laughs> or if you or if you can't remember that, I'll still accept Steve.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: I would just prefer Darius Emanuel Grouse the Third, aka Pause for Effect, the Rumble. The Rumble. But I will also still accept Steve. It's like Eddie Izzard prefers, is now just um, dressing in drag all of the time and prefers she. Yeah. But also is not changing their name. Eddie Izzard is still Eddie Izzard. Yes. And I like that. I still like the name C, even if I'm dressed as a woman. You can still call me Steve, but I would prefer you call me Darius Emanuel Grouch III, a.k.a. The Rumble. So, Dungeons and Dragons. A film so bad that even D&D fans are like, no thank you. Yeah. And that's a big sign as to how good this movie is. Basically, it's the room for
0: nerds. I, I I fell asleep. I couldn't help it. I, I
1: feel when I say the room for nerds, um, the room is bad and the acting is bad and the writing is bad. But when you see the film, you can tell someone did spend some money. Yes.
0: Money was spent. Fucking Jeremy Irons himself did not come cheap at the time. Yeah, like uh,
1: this film's budget was forty-five million dollars, but I have to imagine a lot of that just went into his pocket.
0: Uh, and Tom Baker at that time would not have come come cheap. He wouldn't have been he wouldn't yeah. have been expensive, but he wouldn't have been your bargain bin celebrity. Not in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. He's a fan favorite. The only good
1: thing, talking about uh, uh, um, the cast of this week's movie, the only thing that I liked about this movie was, oh, man, this person is horrible, and, oh, man, that guy annoys me, and, oh, this is horrible. This is really bad. This is,
0: oh, shit, that's riffraff. Yes. Yes, <laughs> God damn it. That's what I was going to say, yes. And wait, he has a dungeon. This this movie is almost worth watching for fucking Richard O'Brien. He is just brilliant in this. That was the only part that I cared about in this
1: entire movie.
0: That was, boy just um, oozes fucking charm.
1: Just fucking riffraff showing up in the middle of the movie, and it's like, oh, you want to get the MacGuffin? First, you have to go through my dungeon of traps. And it's like, oh, shit. Now this is a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Unfortunately, it's a Dungeons and Dragons movie for about 10 minutes, and the rest is just nonsense. Yes. I was just really happy to see him. Yes. But, um, but I thought of the room because money was spent and parts of this look good, but also some of this is the worst uh, CGI ever. Yeah. And... So so uh, Dungeons and Dragons wasn't a low budget film. Maybe it's a mid budget film. So money was spent on this. Um 40, a 45 million dollar budget is nothing to sneeze at, but also a huge percent of that had to have gone into Jeremy Irons' pocket. Yeah. So this film has a lot of problems. Yeah. A lot of problems. Um, so, the first problem is, surprise, surprise, this was supposed to have a much bigger budget. Yeah. So, we'll be telling the story eventually, but this film was supposed to have a much bigger budget, and then this film was supposed to have a much smaller budget, and then they just met in the middle. Yeah. So, um... This movie was went from a 100, it still movie. looks
0: pretty, it still looks pretty good. Uh, when I was watching the trailer, I said it looks pretty good, and right after that, it looked a little bit cheeseball. Uh, I read a review, the kind of styrofoam read, buildings and things like that. Yeah, but,
1: I read a review somewhere that said, I it might have been the CNN article, I think it was the CNN article from 2000 where a movie reviewer said that Jeremy Irons is barely in this, but he's in it just enough to look really good in the trailer. (laughs) Yes! Yes! And I thought that that was a great summation of Jeremy Irons' entire character. But the movie went from a $100 million budget to a $45 million budget, which means that the filmmaker had to use a decent amount of CGI. Um, And here, and in the late nineties, early 2000s, CGI wasn't good. So a lot of times they would hide the CGI with, oh, hey, the Rock is the bad guy. Now he's turned into a half-man, half-scorpion. Just to be safe, let's have this scene happen in a dark-ass pyramid. So people yeah. can fully see how shitty this CGI is. And it and was awful. This, yeah, so a lot of this film ended up looking like Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Yeah. You know, not the best CGI. Um... A bit shitty. Um, and then at the time, but then at the time, the movie reviewers were like, oh, this is yet again another example of Hollywood's overdependence on CGI. And it's like, it's not that Hollywood is dependent on CGI. It's just that at that time, it just wasn't good yet. I dare say you can make a much better looking film now using $45 million. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You have to- will be set in the dark. Um, and the second part, the second part, the second problem with this film, and I worked really hard on this, um, the script uses super fancy, hoity-toity, uh, impressive sounding sci-fi fantasy dialogue. Yeah. Cover up the blandest plot in the world yes it's, this, it's it's the most it's the simplest plot in the world that they try to make more complicated by using language so here is the plot of this film <coughs> The empire of Izmir is ruled by the mages, while the commoners are helpless. The young empress wants to bring equality to the land, but the evil mage, Protheon, is scheming to dethrone her and take control of her magical scepter, which controls the powerful golden dragons. But the empress tasks two thieves in the land in search of the fabled Rod of Savril, which controls the powerful red dragons who are more powerful than... And I'm sure the screenwriters thought this sounds impressive because they're putting all of these nice-sounding words in it, but what all of that boils down to is bad guy controls dragons... So the princess sends two Han Solos to find the magical McGuffin. Yes. That's 5,000 movies. Yes. That is a million movies that have already been made. All you're doing is just using some Dungeons and Dragons language to make a movie that's already been made a million times before. Yeah nothing setting this apart from
0: any other fantasy movie and all the all all the characters were exactly the same they were they were cartoon cutouts beautiful princess dashing rogue evil mage you know sidekick you know i mean it's all kind of just Yes, the music was very Star wars which we found funny. Yeah.
1: But, but yeah, this, this movie is in no way original, which is sad because it's a Dungeons & Dragons movie. You could have a lot of fun with a Dungeons & Dragons movie. Yeah. I dare say, if you're a fan and you want to watch a Dungeons & Dragons uh, film, don't watch this one. Instead, watch two episodes of Community. Yeah. There are two episodes of the TV show Community that are centered around playing Dungeons & Dragons that are better at, exp- at at than this film. I remember those. They
0: were very good.
1: Yeah. So Community is a better Dungeons & Dragons movie than the movie Dungeons &
0: Dragons. Chevy Chase That's- was a punk-ass bitch. Yeah. I dare say... That says
1: a lot about this week's movie.
0: And the see, th- we started we started casting this as an eighties T V movie. Yes, I love to hear that. Just looking at that kid. Oh. Looked, he looked like every actor they wanted to get who didn't want the part. So like you could see that if they cast him, they wanted Jerry O'Connor, you know, they wanted Jason Bateman, you know, a few others. You could see they wanted the, but they settled for this guy. Yeah. Um, That brings us to
1: the third problem with this film.
0: He was a Is that-, that they had in the clone tank. They weren't going to take him out for another 10 years. Yeah, that's where he so, came from.
1: Okay. Problem number one: bad special effects. Problem number two: bad script. But hey, some great acting could have saved this film. Yeah,
0: but the acting
1: is shit. The two thieves are played are sure by be- Justin. Yeah. Are played by Justin Whalen, who? And Marlon Wayans, the star of such Academy Award-winning films as Marmaduke, White Chicks, and the black comedy Fifty Shades of Grey, which uh, we may do next week, but probably not. The star of the movie, Justin Whalen. you said uh, uh, he's he's one of the clones. Yes. When I saw him, I'm not sure why, but in my mind... He screamed Disney original movie. Yeah, He screamed made for TV Disney Channel movie from the 90s. He just had that face that's just... He looked like if it was the 60s he would be starring in
0: beach films. Yes.
1: Oh, man! This beach sure is swinging. What? Uh... The Beach Boys, and then there's a whole number. That's what he looked like. He looked like he had a face that was safe. Yes. So, so I'm like, he he just screams Disney Channel original if movie. If you
0: if you yelled if you called up casting and said, I need a generic young hero, roguish type. That's who shows up. Yeah. Yeah, and Natasha said
1: that um he looks like a generic prince eric from prince charming type person. Yeah. Like a generic I'm the hero. Yeah. And so they got generic I'm the hero. So I'm like this kid this kid must have been in like some a Disney Channel original movie. So I looked it up, and to quote a Tarantino film, that's a bingo! <laughs> Is that what you Americans say? That's a bingo? No, we usually just say bingo. Yeah. Well, bingo! Yeah, he was in a Disney Channel original movie called Susie Q, which I've never seen, but I totally called it. Yeah. Then there's the bad guy, played by Jeremy Irons in a role I can best explain as being the Dungeons and Dragons version of Darius Emanuel Grouch Third, a.k.a. The Rumble. Yes. That was a great pause. I was really proud of that. That was a good one. That was a good pause. Jeremy Irons is the only person who looks like they're having
0: fun. Because Jeremy Irons Jeremy Irons acting looked like nobody's going to be watching this shit anyway.
1: Yeah, Jeremy Irons is the only one who's like, you see the hero, you see the romantic interest, and they're thinking, oh man, this movie is going to be a hit, and then we're going to do sequels, and this is going to catapult me to stardom. But Jeremy Irons seems like a really smart person who knows Hollywood, and so he read the script and immediately went, oh, this is going to be shit. I'm going to have fun. Yeah. He's the only one who, who seemingly saw this film for what it was going to be. And you can tell in the performance because he's just having a blast.
0: And he was you know? just so over the top, man.
1: And then when I saw that Marlon Wayans was in this, I was like, oh, he's going to be the comedy relief. He's going to be the comic relief. He's going to be fun. But Marlon Wayans screams in a decibel that dives deep into my brain canal and changes my DNA and sets me into a murderous rage. Yes. It, 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 he screams and immediately I become someone who's into the purge. Yes. And I, I can't explain it, but it got to the point where I was cheering his death.
0: Yeah.
1: I yeah. I never like. I'm wondering if this is a right wing movie because for the first time ever, I saw myself saying, "Please kill the black person," <laughs> because that's how horrible he is in this. It is. Uh, okay
0: so now let's talk about but it was the- still but it was still okay i i see your point and this is not to contradict your point thank you this is not to contradict your point but it was just like we need an, an emotional beat here you know so they killed him off like they they didn't kill him off for any like real reason oh. It was just like that was the element that they needed in the script, so let's kill them all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, let's kill the black person. The black person dies first. What a surprise. Yeah. Hollywood. Way to fight expectations. <laughs> Hooray. So Thora Birch plays the Empress.
0: Yeah. From American she is, Beauty. She is fucking
1: hideous in this. she's basically she's basically the like nine-year-old princess in the never-ending story yes um and also i just want to say thora birch creeps me the fuck out (laughs) and um i have good reason for this Okay, so she got her big break in American Beauty being topless. Fun fact, uh, she was 18 when she made Dungeons and Dragons. She, uh, she oh. was a couple of years younger when she was topless. In American Beauty, she was either 15 or 16 when she was topless in that, which is super creepy. And what's creepier is that I'm not sure if you know this about actress Thora Birch. Um, Her two parents were two old timey motherfucking 70s porn stars. Really? Her mom was Carol Connors, who starred in the Erotic Adventures of Candy series in the 1970s. Okay. And her dad was porn actor Jack Birch. They met on the set of Deep Throat, and the both of them very tightly controlled Thora Birch's career when she was underage. And I've heard some creepy stories of, like, uh, like. The dad always being present on the set and wanting to make sure that the topless scenes were just right. And, hey, do you want my 15-year-old daughter to be topless some more in the film for you? You'll oh, do it, right, sweetie? Yeah, you're great. It feels like these creepy 70s porn stars were just pimping out their underage daughter for Hollywood. Yeah. And so every time I see Thora Birch now, I'm like, ooh, okay. Okay. Okay, because all I can see are, are like, her parents, two creepy 70s porn stars who in the 80s with the advent of VHS, now anybody can make a porn. You don't make the, like, old-timey porns with plots and scripts anymore, so suddenly they're out of work. They're not making any money, but look, they have a child. We're going to force her to act at age nine in commercials, and so... I just got a serious problem with Thora Birch, and I'm hoping that by explaining my serious problem with Thora Birch, that other people will also have a problem.
0: So, so Thora Birch goes on our bad list? Maybe. I,
1: yes, absolutely.
0: Because I think we should have sections of the website for things like that. You yeah. know, I I'm kind of planning on a section for my weird my weird film theories. Mm-hmm. You know, the Robert Preston effect, the clone the clone conspiracy. You know. Yeah. Um those uh, would all I think be... we should have our our heroes and our movies that we are championing either singly or together. Yeah. And and you know, We're still representing the church, so we should have a good and a bad list. And sounds like Thor Birch is going on the bad list.
1: I'm fine with that.
0: With Mike Nelson. With With Mike Nelson, I think he, I think he definitely made the bad list. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So this movie is crap. The acting is horrible. The script is nothing new. And uh, the special effects aren't that great. Uh, this is a pretty bad movie. But, Bunny, I want to hear from you and your ratings system because I want to know, where does this movie stand? How many rooms does it get? And where? how bad is this in relation to the other films that we have so far watched this summer? Street Fighter, The Legend of Chun-Li, and um swept away
0: like the others okay like the others that we have been seeing is the biggest crime these movies commit is they are boring yeah they are lifeless none of the pieces work together you know so mm-hmm. for that I would have to give it two rooms. I'm going to say that, that it, it's as bad as watching the room twice. Okay. Basically. And see, this, this is a movie that had several groups of people that you were kind of following, and you went back and forth between each group. I feel each group needs its own Barb and Star. That's right. Because there weren't anybody really good here. Dungeons and, and Barb and something.
1: Dungeons and Barb and Dragons and Star. Yes. Okay. I'm trying to think of how they would fit into this movie. Oh, they would be the two thieves. Just replace both of the thieves, Justin Whalen,
0: whoever that is, and Marlon Wayans, and just put the two of them in it. That would be that would be a, a definite definite improvement.
1: Oh, you know what we should do? This is kind of crazy. I, I like. I don't even know if I should say it. Oh, I think I know what your idea is. Maybe we should say it together. Should we say it together? Okay, on three. One, two, three. We should rob the mages. Oh my god, we both yes. thought of the same thing. Yes. We should go rob the
0: mages. Yes, I am all for that. You know, Trisha robbed the mages once. Did, yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: that's yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, she's so brave. She's so
1: brave. Oh my goodness, so you're a dwarf. How is yeah. that? Tell me all about
0: that. <laughs> I just want to hear more from you. Oh. But if we make them the if we make them the rogues, which I, I, again I do highly approve <clears throat> of that, that still yeah. improves only a part of the movie. <sighs> like Jeremy Irons would have to be speaking to Barb or or Star at any given time <clears throat> at any given time always. Oh.
1: Well, um. Uh, I have a piece of popcorn stuck in my throat.
0: We can't do hybrid from here. This
1: is legitimately how I sound right now. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, so. You're right. Yes, I am fine. I'm just sounding weird right now. Have a drink. Take a drink. I did. It didn't do anything. You know like. Okay, well, so. Good. When. When, when we remake Dungeons and Dragons, oh my God, did you say onion rings? Yes, you did. So we went to, where did we go to Wendy's? We went to Wendy's. Was it Wendy's? I think it was Wendy's, maybe Jack in the box. It was Jack in the box. We went to Jack in the box. And we're trying to figure out what everybody wants to order. And Maxwell, who is my son, he is nine, and he is adorable. And I love them. Uh, Maxwell said, can I get onion rings? And we said, are you sure? And he said, yes, I want the onion rings. So he got the onion rings, and he he was all excited. And he bit into the onion rings, and he freaked out. Because <laughs> no one told him that onion rings have onions in them. Oh. And my heart was filled with love. Cuz that is the most wonderful thing I have heard this week. So, just to let everyone know cuz not everyone might know this but onion rings do have onions in them.
0: Yes. <laughs> Yesterday. of a very weird yet oddly compelling texture.
1: So, so then so then, to yesterday we got food again. We went to Burger King and uh, Maxwell said, oh, I want the onion rings. I want the onion rings. Wait. Do these onion rings have onions in them? And we're like, yes, all of them do. Yes. Maxwell. So now I'm becoming a spokesperson for onion rings, because I think that there are probably a lot of people out there that don't know that onion rings have onions in them. So I'm becoming a spokesperson. Onion rings.
0: There's onions in them. It's I'm letting everybody know. An onion is just a singular version yeah. of a Bloomin' Onion.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's an individually packed Bloomin' Onion.
0: It's a one-shot Bloomin' Onion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't remember what I was saying. I absolutely don't remember what I was saying. Okay, so this so this movie was based on a lie. Was based on a lie. Yes. So this is how the movie was made. Throughout the 80s and the 90s a bunch of different studios tried to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Imagine this movie coming out in 84, 81, 85. It would have been a different film. It might have actually been a success. But there was always the same hurdle. Every studio that tried to make a Dungeons & Dragons movie ran into the same hurdle, and that hurdle was... TRS Incorporated, the company that is the publisher of Dungeons and Dragons, they wanted a lot. Oh, Hollywood's trying to make a movie. This is what we want. We want script control, creative control, casting control. We want a massive uh, percentage of the profits. We want a toy deal. We want yada yada yada. And they are asking for so much. The the a ton of demands. They wanted a lot. So TRS in their asshole kept stopping the Dungeons and Dragons movie from ever being made. Enter our story, Courtney Solomon, a Canadian man named Courtney whose parents were big in TVs and movies in Canada. Courtney is a big fan of Dungeons and Dragons, and he's like, huh, uh, you know what I, I think that that uh, that we really need to finally make a Dungeons and Dragons movie. In fact, you know what come hell or high water I am going to make the Dungeons and Dragons movie. I'm a fan. I grew up playing it. I'm the best person to make this movie. Instead of some studio heads wanting to make a Dungeons and Dragons movie not knowing a thing about Dungeons and Dragons, I a fan will make it and that will be the difference from trs but first i need to get into trs how do i do that how do i get a meeting how do i talk to him about a movie then he thought up a lie and he thought it up quick um this is what courtney does uh hello i'm courtney i am a college student i am taking an economics class Good. I am doing a paper. Can I interview your company heads? I am a college student. I This is a paper. I am writing a paper. It's a final. Can I just come into TRS headquarters and do some interviews with your uh, with your uh, company heads? I am a college student. This is 100% real. So, Courtney... Lied his way into TRS uh, offices, and it's like, oh, so uh, what is it like coming up with Dungeons and Dragons? What's how stressful is that? How many people have purchased Dungeons and Dragons products? How how popular is this? You know, with the popularity of Dungeons and Dragons, it's surprising that you guys have never come uh, agreed to a movie deal. Why is that? Why do you think you've never made a movie, huh? Maybe uh, maybe the problem is is that uh, you guys just haven't had a real fan to work on it. Yada, yada, yada. He makes a 30-page proposal on how he'd do the movie, and boom! TRS agrees to have Courtney Solomon do a Dungeons & Dragons film. The entire basis of this film was a fucking lie! <laughs> and that is fascinating to me originally the film was supposed to have a hundred million dollar budget and some huge names were attached to this film to direct including yeah at at various times James Cameron was attached to direct and also Francis Ford fucking Coppola
0: yeah well that was a very strange time for movies as I remember because like It was this, it was um, Lost in Space, it was Godzilla, you know, there was Wing Commander starring Freddie Prinze Jr., Mm -hmm. and a couple of other odd-ass movies like that.
1: Yeah, the movie came out in December of uh, 2000. I personally think that it should have come out in February of the next year so that when people thought of uh, 2001 they would think of the biggest tragedy of that year, Dungeons and Dragons and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Nothing else happened in 2001 except for the Dungeons and Dragons movie. So... I uh, it was supposed to be a $100 million budgeted film with all these big name directors and eventually they talked to Joel Silver who helped do he, an executive producer who helped executive produce the Batman movies and Die Hard and all of this stuff and he downgraded it yeah. and so with, with Joel Silver attached it went from a $100 million film to a $3 million direct to DVD film yeah, And then eventually at the end of the 90s they uh, met in the middle and it became a $45 million essentially indie film and New Line Cinema said, hey, we would love to release your movie. As long as... Uh, we- you sign this paper uh, giving us exclusive rights to the two other films. That's right. It's going to be a trilogy, and then a TV series, and then a cartoon, and then uh, video games. Oh, people are going to love the Dungeons and Dragons series of films. But to be fair, there were two sequels to this film. They were directed dvd sequels. And uh, nobody came back except for the second in command um, bad guy who looked like the producers said, make him look as much as you can like the bad guy from The Mummy without us getting sued. Yes. He's the only person who came back. Jeremy Irons isn't coming back for Dungeons and Dragons to uh, the Dark World. Yeah. Yeah. But a uh, fun fact. Courtney, I dropped my popcorn. Oh no, the worst thing to ever happen. Okay, so Courtney Solomon doesn't really direct anymore, but is still a producer because Courtney also got all of the money from various people for this budget. So Courtney is a movie producer and just produced a movie that came out this May, the 2021 Netflix film Woman in the Window starring Amy Adams, and that the critics agree
0: is horrible. Nice. He's upholding the tradition. It's the Courtney way. Yeah.
1: So... This movie is horrible. And here's my theory about this movie. I have a theory about it. It's a blue lives matter fill. Okay? Because there's that scene where right before the roguish hero and the love interest kiss where um where uh, the roguish hero is like, oh, my friend Snails is dead. Yes. Oh, you mages are all alike. It was a mage that killed my friend, and I am upset. And the woman says, hey, just because some mages are evil doesn't mean that all mages are evil. Sure, one mage went nuts and killed an innocent black person, but hey, uh, blue mages matter. Yes. Okay. Sure, some of the mages are bad, but that doesn't mean all of the mages are bad. Man, why are you being so uh, uh why are you being so critical of mages? Mages are the only people keeping law and order in here. You know, your friend, the innocent one who died, he was a criminal and a thief. And if yes. he had just obeyed the mages, then none of this would have happened. Yes. This is a blue. This is the first ever blue lives matter sci-fi fantasy film. <laughs> fantasy, finally, a blue live uh, uh, a sci-fi fantasy film for people who eat at Cracker Barrel. Yay! Yay! Wow. Hooray! So that's this week's movie. It's a piece of shit. Did not like it. You probably can't tell, but I actually wasn't a fan of that movie. Probably couldn't tell because I'm so subtle. I keep things inside. You probably can't tell how much I hated that film.
0: But luckily, it's already erasing itself from memory like bad movies should. Okay. Bunny, are you ready for the results?
1: Stop waving the flag. Yes, I am. Okay. We got 3,834,000 votes. Oh wait, we got 18. We got 18 votes. And uh, in third place with 22%, 50 shades of black. Oh well. In second place with 27% of the vote, I know who killed me. And with a whopping 50% of the vote, next week, we are watching Nicolas Cage's The Wicker
0: Man. Okay, I, you know, I, I, I don't know what to feel. <laughs> Let me tell you what you're going to feel. You're going to feel the bees. The bees. No, bees? no not the bees! Not the bees! I'm excited about
1: next week. Next week is going to be exciting. Next week, we're going to be talking about Toxic male fandom, Melania Trump. We're going to be talking about a Wild West bandit who also worked with um, Lee Majors. And we're going to be watching the 2006 remake of The Wicker Man starring Nicolas
0: Cage
1: in a bear suit, punching people, I think. Yes?
0: Yeah, something like that. I've never I've never seen the remake. So oh, I know very- he totally decks a woman. Yes. And I forget if she is in the bear suit or if he is in the bear suit. But it was is. just so like it was just oh there was a bear suit involved. But the but the hitting of the woman was such a ooh not yeah. cool Nicholas. Yeah. Really crimped his uh, portrayal of the hero of the movie.
1: Yes. Yeah, um, since we're on this subject, um, I don't like the original Spider Man, Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, because he's a homophobe and that's not cool. I did not know that. Uh, in the wrestling match, I always oh, had him pictures of Bottom. Bone Saw is ready. And so Spider-Man is in the Steel Cage match with Bone Saw and Spider-Man flips up to the top of the cage and Bone Saw says, "Get down here." And Spider-Man uh, playing to the crowd says, "Nice tights, Bone Saw. What did your husband pick those out for you?" "Uh, you shut your homophobic fucking mouth, Peter Parker." Yes. <laughs> Fuck off. That might have been fine when the movie came out in 2002, but it's 2021. You shut your goddamn mouth. (laughs) Not cool. Not cool. So next week is going to be an exciting week. We continue our dive to the bottom of the worst films of all time. But now that I'm looking back at this episode, oh, man. The highs and the lows, Darius Emmanuel Grouch the third, aka the Rumble. Sun City? Oh man, yes, that was great. Uwe Bowl. Um Adam West an Orgy Loki. I gotta say. This has been a pretty good episode of the podcast. This has been a damn good episode. Okay. I, I felt the same way, but I didn't want to step on your toes because you're the person who makes that distinction and not me. And so I didn't want to intrude. I didn't want to impose. I didn't want to some other I words. But yes, I agree with
0: your assessment. Good sir. So until next week, I am Bunny Williams. And I
1: am Reverend Steven, and on behalf of Natasha and Bella and Eleanor and Maxwell and everybody else, I just want to say thanks for listening, and we will see you next week, you godless heathens! You douche waffles and poopy And you floor popcorn. And yeah. your dad Trump! Ooh! Nice one. All you kids did really good. Do-do-do-do-do. <laughs> do 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 bit higher, I know. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. do skiddy a doo wow Cut and print. And put Cut and print.